Okay, cool. Hi, uh, welcome to what's the name of the, we have to start Quickly over. Loud, I forgot Kai. the name of the podcast. Uh, very, very well done, Kai. No, thank great you. start. I know I'm so good at this. Uh, hi, welcome to Critically Loud. Uh, today we're talking about a movie that is it's interesting. Um, it exists. It exists. <laughs> I think that's, that's a good sure. description of it. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Chaos Walking, and we actually have our first ever guest on the podcast, uh, Layla Khan. Hi. Um, Hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason why we have Layla with us is because Chaos Walking is based off of a book that neither Gus and I have read. And so... also because she has been talking about this movie since I'm pretty sure middle school. <laughs> yeah. I, True. Yes, middle school. I still remember talking to Gus about it in like class. I was like, the movie's going to come out. It's going to be great. And he's like... <laughs> Uh, I'm not so sure. We'll see about that. Yeah. I, it was, this is not saying much. It was better than I expected by a slight margin. Same. But I was expecting so low. Like I was expecting. Yeah. Very I had, they were in the gutter. It's bad though. It's not good. Even a little bit. Um, Extremely bad. Yeah. When did this movie come out? I didn't actually this, check. This year, 2021. This year? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. It was supposed to come out a long time ago. And like four did. years ago. Really? <laughs> Three, four years ago. Um, like um on their Instagram, they like announced or they, they posted something about like the the movie and and so it was like confirmed, right? Wait, let me check all the way back then. They posted that in- 2017. Oh, my God. Holy shit. The the post after that was in 2020. Man, they straight up disappeared. This movie probably did not do well then with like box office stuff. No way. There's no way it made money. It like, yeah, I didn't really even see many ads for it. I saw like a couple. I wouldn't have known this movie existed if it wasn't for Layla. So, yeah. Thanks. I, I don't know if I, I want to say thanks. There was like a completely different actor in it, and I was kind of disappointed that it was like Mads Mikkelsen instead of Mads Mikkelsen is great. What are you talking? No, about? he's good. Oh, but I was really hoping for like, what's the guy from Deadwood? The British guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Guys? Oh, oh, oh. He plays Tai Lung. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's his name? I know who you're talking about. I thought he, he was in it for some reason. I was expecting a far more entertaining villain. He would like, have been amazing. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen is Mads Mikkelsen and he's good in stuff, but he's terrible in this. He does. He, he was so bad. He was definitely one of the best, the better actors in this. So he doesn't do anything. He just stands around and keeps the exact same facial expression the whole time. Okay. But like, that's what he does though. That's Mads Mikkelsen. That's, that's, <laughs> like, uh, uh, is, I get what you mean though this movie is and it's probably different in the books I do want to ask you about this Layla because this movie is extremely generic in like a YA formula you know yes there was and there was some stuff where I'm like oh there's some interesting concepts here mm-hmm. it's just executed so poorly nothing happens which is the <laughs> weirdest thing for me because like if you're making a YA novel everything has to happen right it's like my parent like everybody dies we're in like the most dramatic romance ever the end of the world by the third book or something and this is just like we have to go here and then we have to go here and no one is like ever urgent about anything ever it's bizarre so Layla, are there are multiple books right 
in the yeah, there's three. Okay. Yeah. Does this cover all three or just like one of them? Just the um, it it mostly covers the first one. It's weird. I mean, I think they were expecting to make a sequel or something like that because the ending is just so it odd. Just, it just ends. It was it's so confusing. So weird. Tom Holland is shirtless in this yeah. weird like. I, I swear, it feels like a fever dream. Yeah, she gives him a shirt and then walks away and then it cuts to the credits. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like there were reshoot. I feel like there were there were shooting problems that maybe oh, rendered definitely. it just because of like... Absolutely. I mean, it's, if, if a movie says it's going to come out four years before it comes out, there were definitely some problems in making the movie. Just- yeah, they they like finalized the first, I guess, draft of the movie and everybody watched it and everybody said it was terrible. <laughs> so, oh, then, yeah. okay, we have to reshoot it now. Um, something about Daisy Ridley's wig looking awful because she has blonde hair in the movie. Apparently it looked horrendous the first time. It doesn't oh, look so great. great it doesn't look show. great in this one. Yeah, it no, great. it doesn't. But you can just imagine how terrible it must have been. Yeah. And Is then it like, that important for her to be blonde. That's what pissed me off. The thing about Chaos Walking is they never specify what Viola or Todd look like. Oh. And so I don't know. Personally, I expected her to have just her natural dark hair. The blonde is weirdly very striking, especially in like the weird filter kind of, you know, the way that they color that movie. It's very dark and, and gloomy. So I don't know why they made her blonde. That, I, that, I thought it would have been a book thing because the amount of times that like Tom Holland's like, oh, blonde, blonde. Like, oh, you yeah, know, like, his, like he's mind. like pretty hair, blonde, pretty. Like hair. over and over again. So I thought so it was much. like a book thing. So <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Mentioning that. Yeah. That's odd. I don't know. This, it feels like this was a movie that had so many drafts that the writers kind of forgot what they were trying to do. You know, like it yeah. feels like there are so many excerpts from different versions of the movie you know one that maybe focused more on the aliens or whatever and one yeah, that because they show more. up in one they show scene. up for two seconds and they're gone yeah it's like yeah. Yeah. it's like you don't need aliens for this plot to work they could have just made up the aliens <laughs> like that actually just... would have been much better if right? they made up like, the aliens the aliens don't exist there are no aliens like you just you don't need like a two second scene of an alien kind of attacking but also not i do they show up in one of the sequels or like? Oh, I mean, they are so significant in the first, second, and third book. Oh, okay. Um, it's weird. They really antagonize the the monsters in, in the movie. In the books, um, Todd, like throughout the entire thing, he, he meets one of the spackle, which is what the monsters are called. And he has a moment to, he has an opportunity to kill the spackle, but like the entire point of the book is he can't kill anything. Like he can't kill anybody. Oh, so he has this really weird personal connection with this creature. And it, it, it talks about his masculinity and how like in order to become a man in Prentice town, you have to kill something or you have to kill somebody. Okay. So that was the most interesting part of the movie to me was it's like, like this view of like your men's thoughts being able to be heard out loud and how like Mads Mikkelsen feeds into this like culture of violence and toxic masculinity. That was, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And I was assuming it had more to do in the book because in the movie, it's just, Nothing makes sense. It's so meandering. Nothing's important. Nothing's important, I think, is the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, I um, um, 
from a tech from a movie standpoint only one of the big problems i had with it which again i'm sure the book does really well is the oh what's the noise so but okay so basically yeah. if you haven't seen oh, this movie, God. there's a whole thing where like the uh the men anytime like a, a guy thinks it's broadcast like you can hear it on a speaker it's not like that for the women that's the whole like thing of the movie it's, it's a dystopian world except everything a dude thinks is broadcast to the entire world anyway they, it does uh it doesn't have any consequences like it, it, there's a few scenes where like you know uh like at the, at the beginning he accidentally reveals daisy ridley's location uh yeah, with his noise because he talks about it but then the whole the, it seems more like the noise seems more like a novelty than an actual thing that affects the plot and the world that's lived in at yes. least in the movie well, except for except for one kind of major consequence like the na- the noise directly leads into kind of like something that's important about Princetown and like the villains of the movie that that is about the noise and I don't think it's like fully underutilized it's just that it only shows up when the writers want it to show up yeah there's there's scenes where it's like we're just gone yeah sometimes. Tom Holland's just chilling there's not even like we don't even see any stuff around him because like the noise is represented visually as well as um with sound is that also in the book or is it just like can you just hear people's thoughts oh wait what do you mean like in the movie when you he- when people like when you hear people's thoughts there's like these rainbow aurora yeah. Borealis looking shit around them i can turn into snakes it's it's weird the way that they uh depict the the noise and i mean mm-hmm. To be honest, the the entire concept is so difficult to to create into a film that yeah. I think they didn't do such a bad job. Because I'll show you what they they like use to to represent the noise in the books. You'll have just like pages of here it is. You'll just have pages. That's of, fucking of awesome. Text. Holy shit! That's actually that's really cool. cool, right? Like I love it. So, like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, so there's some benefits to turning this visual. Never mind, there is a very explicit way... Damn. Okay. For uh, audio uh, listeners, what Layla just showed us is, in the book, it's just normal writing until scrawled letters, like, the thoughts of... Because the whole... There's, like, a quote at the beginning, which, like... Oh, God, uh, I hate that quote. (laughs) Something a guy's thoughts broadcast is like chaos walking. I don't remember. All I know and is that what what's so crazy to me about that. And I said that when I first like I was just I was on Discord. I was like, they did a made up quote from a made up character from their own universe at the beginning of their movie. There's absolutely no weight to that. Do they understand that? Like you can't put the quote from a fictional character that they were too they were too lazy to give them a name. It's not even like um, I just said Jeff, you know, or like or like <laughs> give it to Maz Mikkelsen's character, like uh-huh. right? You just have him be the one that says it, the mayor, or Aaron, uh, the priest. Oh yeah, no, the priest is just all about. I'm pretty sure a, a significant character does say that quote. I just can't remember who it is in the book. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, that yeah. makes sense if it's like an influential character to say that. It, I just like. Sorry, is it just just a random nobody in it's, this universe? It says unnamed explorer, and maybe it's one of those things where it's like it's a person from one of the sequels or something. Which I like, there's not going to be a sequel to this movie. There's no, not. No, 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 not no. a chance. 
I I will get into one thing that I like. I like Tom Holland's like big hunky dads. <laughs> oh, <laughs> are yeah, they his the... dads? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, they are. Kind of. I mean, they adopted him. Yeah. Are they? But are they in a relationship? Because I know one yes. of them is. Okay, they are in a it's, relationship. It's like unclear throughout the book, but yeah, um, Patrick Ness, the author, he's a, you know gay himself, so a lot of his books consist of you know mm-hmm. homosexual relationships. I also love that one of his dads looks like a discount Heisenberg from Resident Evil 8. Does no. Oh, oh, you're kind of right. Yeah. Just, he's got a fluffy hat and the monoc- the whatever they're called, the round John Lennon glasses. They're just called glasses, dude. It's just <laughs> a di- it's just a different frame for glasses. I know, but like they are iconic on John Lennon's face. That's true. Whatever. Um I was <laughs> that was like I was like, oh that's interesting. And then one of them dies. The other one is just kind of around to cry and be like, I'm sorry, son. <laughs> And that's his whole shtick. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like simply what they did is they took different parts of the books that they liked. They're like, oh, that'd be good in the movie. That'd be good in the movie. And then they just all squished it together. <laughs> and just, Jesus. That's just what happened. I know that the the original, or I guess there's like a team of screenwriters, including Patrick Ness, the author. But one of the screenwriters, he actually left the movie. <laughs> oh, or yeah because he didn't or no it was a director what doug ligman lyman what's his name doug lyman yeah i think there was a different original director um let me see yeah this this movie just had so many issues okay so the guy they originally had to do it oh he made the edge of tomorrow he made a couple of the born movies he made all the born movies did he make all the he made all of the born movies that's cool that that makes sense because if you want to have like high paced action yeah which is but he made chaos he made the he's the guy who actually directed it i think hmm God, $120 million for this movie. Ooh, where did that money go to? It's got to go to the cast. No, it's got uh, the um, every single shot that has the noise is a multi-thousand dollar shot. Because I'm going to, I I really like, like the best moments of the noise is like when it's just like swirls around their head, that's fine. But I love the bits where like, it's when you visualize something and that actually happens. Like there's a bit where Tom Holland jumps from like one ledge to another. And then when he grabs the ledge, you that, see part of him That was so fall. sick. That, that was so, I was like, I wanted more of that. Cause that was so, I really like that style. And I think yeah. it works really well because it accurately describes like, I'm a fault, you know? And it's yeah. great. There's, there's a couple of times where they do get across the idea of like hearing the thoughts of other people is so intrusive on you, especially with Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. There's a like, the depiction of that, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Where it's like, if I had any girl hear every thought in my head, it'd be like, awful. Oh, I wouldn't go outside. I just well, I except, stay inside all the time. It would be like, it would so much be like, you fucking dumbass, just to yourself. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> just self degrading. Oh. I, yeah, I mean, it would, like, that was what it devolved into. Like, no, stupid. God damn it. Come on, stop. Please. <laughs> Which I would have loved to see that where it's like, stop thinking. Stop thinking. No, stop. No. <laughs> just, just arguing that would have been great yeah i mean sometimes you get into that cycle where it's like stop thinking about something you just thought about something stop thinking about something it oh god um 
so Layla, you said the characters are 13 and 15 in the uh, book? Ish. I think they're like 12 to 13. I think, God, I, I believe that Todd is turning 13 in the book, in the, in the first book at least. But they definitely had to age them up. Um, that makes a lot more sense for the character of like... A lot better in my opinion. I wish they would have just... I mean, obviously, I don't think Daisy Ridley or Tom Holland could pull off like super young characters but they can't not at this point um, they can pull off older teenagers or Tom Holland can pull off an older teenager he's Spider-Man yeah uh but even at this point I think they gotta send him to college I mean they have to that's in the Spider-Man story whatever we're not talking about the MCU that's whatever yeah but yeah I think having a 12 year old because then you're commenting on the most common like before like 18 but 18 is different like turning point of becoming what is considered an adult or more of an adult um and how that affects how people view you and your masculinity mm-hmm. is something that would be very interesting to see especially in a place that like what princetown could have been because what princetown is is just not like it's I don't, I don't have, you don't really get a full picture of what the town is like at all. You don't get enough of a settling into any one setting for anything to be like, oh, this is what this world is. This is who these people are. This is how they think about the world. And you never get the idea of Todd being viewed as weak or less than, except for by the, which, whichever one of the Jonas brothers, but he always just seems like more of a little shit compared to Todd. Um God, he was so awful in this. <laughs> yeah. No, the thing is about about Davies, that's Nick Jonas's character. In throughout the books, you he he starts to become really lovable and like oh, adorable. it's a redemption and, arc character. Well, really, the entire point is he's jealous of Todd because um, the mayor really like treats Todd as his own son, like sees right. all the potential in Todd, and so Davy is completely neglected. And actually, like, I guess a spoiler in the book is that the mayor literally kills his own son. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's Damn. some, that is some, his oh, dark materials shit. It's extremely literally. violent. Like, the mayor is brutal. That, I would have liked to see more of that. Yeah. Um, so Mads Mikkelsen the, doesn't die at the end of this movie. No way. Okay. He just falls down. Does he, does he actually die? He, like, die? falls, or, like, he gets pushed by... Clear. some dudes or oh. like by daisy ridley into a big old pit yeah he gets pushed into it i was like if they're doing a sequel he's not if they were to do a sequel there's no way he's dead i didn't yeah. think so either um is there is there a romance though between daisy ridley and tom holland in the book yeah like extremely not in the first book in the first book i mean yeah, that, that's another issue. The reason why I kind of liked Chaos Walking so much is there's a slow burn of romance between the two. Um, and it's super unclear in the first. And then in the second book, you start to notice it a little bit. And then in the third book, it's like official. They this, don't even kiss until the third book. Like it takes so long. This very much reminds me of His Dark Material. That's what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. It's, it's so much. Have you read those books? I fucking Ooh, love those books. They're so the they're Golden very Compass, good. Amber Spyglass, the last one. The middle one's pretty boring, but the last one is great. And uh, so, the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass. Uh, right. But Amber Spyglass is great. It's a trilogy um, of books written by a guy named Philip Pullman in a direct 
middle finger to oh, yeah, the Narnia absolutely. Fuck series. you to Narnia. Really? <laughs> yeah, because no, Narnia It's pretty much is... Narnia if it was, like, incredibly anti-Christian. Yes, because Narnia is all Christian, like, allegories. And Philip Pullman was like, fuck that. We're going to war with God. Literally. <laughs> and it's my favorite thing. Um, but there, there is... Uh, not really in the first book because one of those characters just isn't in the first book but it's about two young people and like a childhood romance not really like a romance romance uh they're both like the last one yeah well in the last one she's like 17 or something right no really she's like oh that mm," because they talk a lot about like her womanly features in the third book and that's a bit more troubling (laughs) um I know she's seventeen. That's concerning. Is she? Yeah, I, I mean, know, okay. but like she might have. It's uh, been a while. Yeah, too. I haven't read the books since for like a few years now, so I might be wrong. Um, but the, I do fucking love those books. There's also it's just it's a lot of it like chaos walking. I think a big problem with this is because none of the characters are interesting. There's nothing for the movie to fall back on because it's just in the woods. There's uh, I disagree. There's one interesting character, except they don't do anything with him, and that's the priest. That's true. I really love the way, like, how they do his sound and this kind of just, like, force of nature, one, like, objective. And then his, like, last scene is, like, I'm going to tell you why I'm doing out th- doing all of this three seconds before I die. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel it, it, he's an interesting character. And that bit at the end where he, like, reveals all his stuff should have happened much earlier in the movie, if you yeah. want to. And I think he should have been the main antagonist if you're or yeah. maybe in the book, if like it's different, but like if the way this movie works though, I think he works better as a main I antagonist. Think, yeah. I think he works. I think what you like, if you were to plan sequel, you make mayor like slow burn guy in the chair uh, antagonist. And then you have your like active antagonist be the preacher. This like this dude who is pr- partially, I think probably pushing the hate forwards of this like, group of people who like live in fear and anger all the time um and him being like the precipice of that and being the motivational tool of the mayor uh and him and if you do that you'll have this like antagonist who is interesting and engaging and dangerous yeah uh and then you you can get to the point where this other guy also feels dangerous i don't know Oh, I was curious about this. Are there space guns in the book? Like, you know, the guns that they like shoot lasers out of in this old west sci-fi weird culmination? I don't remember them having space guns, to be honest. I remember the thing that I liked about Chaos Walking that made it so unique is that it really didn't try to be super like high tech space Mm. craziness. I mean, most of them just ride on horses. Like it's very simplistic with... And even like the the entire plot, when you think about it, I mean, Chaos Walking talks about masculinity, talks about war, talks about slavery as well, although they don't cover that in the movies. Uh, by slavery, I mean enslaving the, the spackle. They literally get branded and it's just awful. But that's why I liked it so much because here's a sci-fi mo- uh, story. Here's a YA sci-fi novel. They're on an entirely different planet yet these humans are going through the exact same things we had to endure when we settled in. Ah, I don't, mm. I don't want to make it sound problematic, but you know I, what I mean? 
like, like when we colonized America? Yeah, yeah, pretty they're much. They're doing the exact same they're thing. They're literally colonizing this Stockholm land. And that's why I liked it so much. But they don't cover it at all. It's. Yeah, it's this movie feels like it was like it just it didn't know what to do with itself. It was like we yeah. want this to be a story about, you know, this YA, you know, these two characters running. We want it there to be hints of, you know, uh, of a strong woman character who actually takes initiative in front of Tom Holland. We also want to do a thing on colonialism with the spackle, but then we also want to do a thing of like rampant sexism and toxic masculinity. And then we also want to do a sci-fi and we also want to do an action. Then we also yeah. want to kill a dog. And we also like, it's, <laughs> it, it tries to do so much that yeah. I think that's why, cause it only, it only gives you like teaspoons of everything as opposed mm-hmm. to just let's hone in on this idea and make a movie about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I personally think like the honing in on a, the, like, idea of Princetown and what happened there is very interesting but that's also partially because it's very similar to something else that I uh, a podcast called Limetown uh, that you've listened to Limetown right? Yeah 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 it's the the concept of what happens in Princetown for I think we can get into this spoiler don't watch this movie (laughs) it don't you read the book if you want but don't watch it it's not even like bad good. It's just boring. It, it's it's a waste of two hours. It's bad. Yeah, but it, it's the, two hours long, and I felt like I was watching it for like five hours. It was like yeah, it feels so long because you're just so bored. The whole like the big thing about the beginning of this movie is that Tom Holland lives in a town where there are no women. There's just men. So everybody has the noise. And what he had been told his entire life is that this alien race called the Spackle, I'm sorry, I hate that name. I hate the name, the Spackle. It's goofy. Yes. It's it's a personal thing. It's like, what? The first time I heard I was like, they can't, that can't actually be their name. I must have misheard something. But this, they are told that the Spackle came in and killed all of the women. And that's what Todd's just rela- raised believing. This is our main character. And then we find out later that this came from this insecurity and fear from men that was motivated by both the mayor and this priest um, that led to just such a deep hatred and anger that it formed into this mob that killed all of the women. So these men that he grew up with were the murderers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because the women didn't when when this disease spread of the noise, the men were only affected. The women, yeah, their thoughts were not exposed whatsoever. And so, yeah, there's this weird vulnerability that the men have because you could literally hear, see everything. Yeah, yeah, and they felt like, and they didn't like the fact that the women could see what they were thinking, and the, but they couldn't see what the women were thinking. Yeah, and it, it's this very interesting, interesting idea of like power dynamics. It's very right? interesting. It's it could be done. To, I kind of want to read the book because like this idea could be yes. manipulated so well to tell a story, and yes. I'm f- just frustrated that it um, didn't. <laughs> and Limetown is that. Uh, I don't want to get into spoilers. You already kind of have by comparing it these two things, but Limetown is a podcast about like a young woman who is doing a reporting on this town that where everybody in it disappeared. There was a research facility. They got like an emergency call. And when they got there, everybody was gone. Not a single trace. They found one like human remains and that was it. Um, And 
it she like goes on this dive to find out what happened there and it goes through these like slow buildups of interviews with characters that reveal just enough information and it pieces together an idea of what happened that is fascinating mm-hmm. uh and i feel like if you do that same slow burn buildup but from but from the perspective of being with these characters like all of them it's it's really interesting that's true because like considering first of all you're considering the fact that we live in a world where because of like the patriarchy there is generally just more of a power that men hold over women um and that is something that we exist being used to in our day-to-day lives and the existence of the noise greatly changes that power dynamic Mm -hmm. um and men are very insecure uh just because of (laughs) Like a lot of the way the culture works, and this is something that I deal with less because I don't know. I grew up with people who were very hard in their sleeve, um, maybe a bit too much, but we don't need to get into that. Um, and like because of like this insecurity and this like we you can very desperately hold on to power. When you lose that, that insecurity becomes stronger, and that leads into fear and anger because of all of these different like cultural norms and it can lead to violence and it has i mean in our history i mean thinking about emmett till that's what that was if you know what emmett like who emmett till is and what happened to him that is very similar to like like our insecurity and our fear and how that can lead to hatred toward anybody which leads to the dark side i'm sorry that was a bad joke after that really serious I mean, Daisy Ridley is in this film. I cannot, I can't, I could not look at Daisy Ridley and not think Ray from Star Wars. I'm just going to like, I mean, it might be because the clothes Uh, she's wearing, like the outfit, like if you've ever seen Rebels, um, mm -hmm. which is a show for anybody, it's like a animated Star Wars show. There's a character who's named Harrison Jula and she has the same exact outfit as Daisy Ridley (laughs) with the white shirt and the orange overalls. Are you talking about like the Twi'lek person? Yeah, it's like the exact same. So show, the but... fact that like the actress for Ray is wearing the same exact costume as another mm-hmm. powerful woman Star Wars character was like I I was just thinking Star Wars the whole time, which is probably on uh, me. But I don't, I don't know. know. I I want to see a movie where Daisy Ridley takes an active role because I haven't really seen that yet. Like there's Star Wars, but those movies are just so poorly conceived and put together that I I don't know. I want to see her in something good. Because I've seen her in this, I've seen her in the Star Wars movies, and I've seen her in that terrible fucking um, Murder on the Orient Express remake. I liked that movie. I fucking hate that movie. It was fucking... fine. It wasn't good or bad. Okay, it was fine. okay. okay. I'm like the medium between the or- you. Guys. I've seen I've seen <laughs> the original. Albert Finney is just a better Hercule Poirot. The, uh, the whole cast is better compared to the original. It's not great, but like as a movie itself, it's fine. It's not I, bad. I, there, there are not many movies where I'm like, I found this so not good that there was no entertainment. I one of, that was one of those movies where I was like, this movie is awful. I disagree um, with that. Michelle Pfeiffer does a great job. Michelle Pfeiffer, sure, but she's Michelle Pfeiffer. That's true. I don't Michelle Pfeiffer's. I, I just I like. I want to see her in something that's good because I want to like see her be able to do something interesting. Be more active. I don't know. I also wish she shot the mayor with a shotgun. I thought yeah, when she no, was, I thought, I thought she was, when she was holding a stick. I thought she was holding a shotgun. She was gonna be like, bam, and blast him off the side of the building. But no, like just Trinity, the scene him. in the Matrix where she like flips the shotgun behind the dude and blasts oh, him yeah. in the back. Oh god. Um. 
yeah this movie it I was like once I learned more about like what was going on and what the story was trying to tell I did find it more disappointing because I was like oh there's potential here and it was mm-hmm. missed um it's easier to watch a movie if from the if just after watching it you realize there's no way this movie could be good yeah but if you watch exactly. a movie and then at the end of it you're like this movie could be good it just wasn't it's much more infuriating like a movie that wasn't. we watched that was terrible that I think we came to a conclusion where like this movie could never work that we talked about was Cruella. Um, yeah. Just because that like they couldn't do it. And then it's this either movie, a good like, Cruella movie or a good Disney movie. Exactly. And you can't do and And even then, because you're missing points from I, you can't they won't let them make a good Cruella movie. We're not talking about Cruella. We're talking about this bad movie. Um, this is a movie that had potential um, in a way that I like wasn't fully aware of until like getting through it i was like oh there are concepts here that could work as something very interesting i i do think it's very hard to make those concepts work you'd need like first of all you need to take like you need to focus on one thing because even one of these ideas is credibly complex hard to deal with um, and then you need to be someone like have someone write it and direct it who knows what they're doing, um, like and knows what they're talking about with this and has like a vision and a passion to do their own version of this story. And you can't do that with a studio movie like this. Mm-hmm. It, that's just not how these movies are made. Stuff like this. I think the Tomorrow More War was a recent one that came out that I think is very similar. You you get a lot of them. Um, especially in the like YA genre uh, after Hunger Games, because I think the first Hunger Games is very good. Uh, the first one is every- good. The rest of them suck. Just... Yeah, the rest of them are not good. But the, the first books Hunger too. Games holds yeah. up. The the rest of the Hunger Games films, the Divergent movies, everything after that are movies that are pushed by the studio. They're like, we're going to get names on it. We're going to get money behind it. It's going to get made and people will want to watch it. And I, don't, I think that's falling off now just because I think that like era is ending, which I'm glad for because those movies annoy the shit out of me. I'm sorry. Like as bad as Divergent was and as bad as Hunger Games became and as bad as The Maze Runner became, I like really enjoyed them <laughs> like i'm a i'm a sucker for for ya sci-fi yeah. movie I mean, for me it's just like an integral part of childhood you know i grew up yeah. reading those books and watching clips of those movies on youtube because i didn't want to actually watch them <laughs> if you're gonna do ya just do a good percy jackson for the love of fucking christ god oh, damn oh those movies hurt my soul they're so bad they're unwatchable yeah uh that's that was the only YA series. I don't even know if that counts as YA. It might be even. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, it's yeah. YA adjacent. It's not like as YA as Hunger Games is. Yeah, but like you could count <laughs> Harry Potter as a YA book if you wanted to. Oh, I th- yes, absolutely. Maybe like predates what we consider to be YA, but I think it still is. I think his Dark Materials is YA. Yeah. Uh, See, like the thing you can have really good YA stories. It just yeah. It's just oversaturated. You know, we have so much of it that yep. there are more bad. That's the thing, though. That's why I thought Chaos Walking would be like the next Hunger Games because it was so different, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I've read the Hunger yeah. Games. I'm sure you guys have. I've yes. read the Divergent series, all of that. 
there's something about chaos walking that's so different. It definitely stands on its own. I mean, yes. I never really considered it a YA trilogy mm. because it's so brutal. Literally yeah. go into detail about Aaron ripping Manchi's legs and twisting them and Todd is crying and sobbing for Manchi. By the way, Manchi can like speak. The the, what? the horse and Manchi, they have the noise. That's amazing. Book. That would have been so much cooler. This, this is this is even more like Limetown. It, like with uh I was actually because of this, I actually started re-listening to it um today. Do you remember Napoleon Kai the pig? No, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, man. Wait. So wait. 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 As the dog's dying, is it like screaming? Or is that- I don't. I don't remember any screaming. But it just it hurts even more because literally, Manchi and Todd create this relationship because now they can communicate with each other through the noise. Yeah. That's brutal. Oh. It's this- sad. But literally, in in the movie, it's like you hear a little bit of squealing. Todd's like, no, 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 and. Yeah, it. they just like leave. <laughs> they just go on and boat and leave. And Todd's sad for like a couple seconds, holds Viola's hand, and then that's it. It's fine. Yeah, I, it's I, like all I, right. I, I did dead. think it's like cool. the, I did see like that was that like the way he was treating that sadness was like a peek into it. But he just he doesn't fully like you see tears in his eyes when uh, Viola holds his hand. Um, but it's like that's the moment when like if you're resi- if you're holding back that much emotion you break down mm-hmm. it is like like damn breaks flood um and it is not pretty or nice it is kind of cathartic you get like the snot cry yeah you get the snot ca- crying you're like you're shaking yeah and I he's think, well, there I... and he's got like dramatic tears in his eyes when this should be the scene where he like like something horrible happened and you've like suffered this loss and you he i feel like he he spent a lot of his life being like men don't cry he says it like his thoughts say it's like men don't cry don't think about it fight it and that's something he's he must have had to do his entire life he talks about his mom in the same way Mm -hmm. um the thing that i thought would have been really interesting so like in that bit where he's thinking about his dog you know he's like trying not to cry and you hear you know his thoughts saying you know don't cry don't cry guys don't cry i thought it would have been interesting if instead and i think also it's more it's like that felt kind of like lazy storytelling to just have him say don't cry don't cry men don't cry i think it would have been more interesting if you have his face you know you can have tom Tom holland is a good actor he can absolutely he can like hold back tears like you know you know i i like like men do you know it's like what's that one movie uh layla you finished it but i couldn't get through it Uh, the one with like him bill skarsgård the like it's oh, about the the hating. Time, yeah. yeah he was really good in that i didn't like the movie but he was very good in it i mean um, he played a literal drug addict in in cherry and i think i mean the movie's bad but the acting was phenomenal yeah he it's he's, he's another person where i'm like i want to see you in a good movie and there's the Spider-Man. devil all the time i will say the first half of the devil all the time is quite good it just gets into that indulgent place that i found very uninteresting that's um, the most film buff thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth. I'm what? Gonna, <laughs> really? I found it very uninteresting. Like just the pause before <laughs> you had to sound say it. like Charlie from High Fidelity. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know if you know who that is, but she's awful. Okay. Um, 
anyway, but like, I think it would have been more interesting if you have his acting shows off the fact that he's trying not to cry, but then his thoughts are just like absolute, like that's where the flood is, is in his thoughts. And then, but like, you don't have to have him saying, don't cry, don't cry. I, you see him crying, but it's like, cause it's his exterior holding it back. Except, for, except for the interior also is like that. When you're in that state, it is not the, like the emotion is not on the top of your head. It is somewhere very deep. Um, and like, you can't hold, you can't fight it forever, but it's not like, you're not, you're not trying to keep control of your face. Cause that's at that point, that's when you're losing. If it's at the front of your head, you're this, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is probably getting a bit too personal, but I, I am a person who's experienced a lot of like holding back emotion and it, you don't think about it. You put it off, you put it to the side of your head. You focus on other things um, until you can't. And that's the moment that I would like to see, especially with something like that, with something as powerful as death of something you care about. Mm-hmm. It's it, that's the point where like it, you can't, stop feeling these like things you want to avoid or not deal with and it just doesn't do that it's like oh they use the death of this dog to increase the bond of the two main characters and it's disappointing uh this is um way off topic but layla do they ever nightmare like does does todd ever have a nightmare and like it broadcasts out on it because like we see him in the movie he dreams and he's oh dreaming god that's about... such a... <laughs> yeah i mean like it, i mean the, it, it's kind of like the city never sleeps apprentice town never sleeps people are constantly thinking oh and that's, it, that's cool it's so suffocating in the books i really wanted to see how suffocating it was like visually in a movie and it's just it's not it's just it's, not it's, yeah it's just not partially because also, it seems like a settlement Right? It seems like there's yeah. thir- there's like 30 people there and they're not all in the same place. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, you're right. It should be more suffocating. It it also felt like most people had control of their noise, especially in the early part, and that Todd was like an outlier because he didn't. That's also and, budget. If you have 30 people with the stuff over their head for I Tom know. Holland alone, that's thousands of dollars per minute. Now it's thirty thousands of dollars per minute. So yeah. Um but they do do it later when it's like they're all riding through the woods and you see this aura to them. Oh, the smoke plume anytime they were coming. That was really cool. Yeah. I really like that. Which is why I also think the preacher is the most interesting because he has this such a unique noise. He has like a I flame think, around him. I think I would have loved to see like noise be a personality represent mm. visually. I think that would be interesting. And they, they like they touch on it with the preacher and that's about it and like kind of when like when they're as a mob they're all kind of got this purple with this ashiness to it um but yeah i don't know i think the movie it would have been a lot better if they just didn't worry about making it pg-13 or whatever true also true yes yeah Mm because i mean when todd's fighting aaron in that swamp or whatever they describe like aaron's ear being like damaged and like there's cartilage and there's falling into the priest. Oh, the priest. Um, Into his face. 
And then the branding of the spackle, the literal slavery, the, I wanted, I just wanted it to be a lot more gory and yeah. than it actually was. It was weirdly so clean with a concept that is so haunting and dark. Yeah, especially with people getting shot. Like, yeah. it's, it's very like, Star shoot- Wars. It's like they get shot, sparks go fly. Okay, okay. at least when you, when someone gets shot in Star Wars, you can see like a burn mark, right? That's true, yeah, there's a big In black. this movie, it's like he gets shot in the arm. And then he falls over and you're like, your clothes are fine, dude. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a hole in your shirt. Yeah, it's like stun guns or something. Yeah, nothing has impact. Uh, there's just no stakes. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Ra- our ratings are interesting. Because right now I think there is more of a, oh, we can do this. But it's also very specific because Deadpool was the big, oh, R-rated movies can make big money. Mm-hmm. But now all of the big money R-rated movies are like Deadpool, which is like fucking hell, boy. Fuck well, the thing, that movie. the thing, it makes sense if you want to make a YA, like like uh, when you first think about it, making a YA movie PG-13 makes sense because PG-13 demographic is literally young adults. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But I think but if like, you also like the last Hunger Game movies, dude, those might not be rated R, but they're fucking intense. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like you people can have, get fucked up. You can have like the whole thing is uh, I, I have mentioned this like 15 times on this podcast now. But one of the things that Chuck Jones, who is the creator of Looney Tunes, he always said <laughs> is it's more funny. It's more impactful. If Wiley Coyote walks off frame, you hear the anvil drop and he walks back on frame and he's like flat. Right. It's, yes. The- if you, there are moments where sometimes if you don't see the violence or the gore, like you don't have to zoom in on like somebody getting like their face gouged or whatever, but like you can sometimes inferring is more powerful than like the true like Joss Bruce, you know? Yes. Yes. I think what we, there's, there's a lot of talk about like you, what you don't see is more impactful than what you do see. And I do think it's true, but I also think it's about picking and choosing. There's moments where violence is in a movie and it can be visceral um, and it can be real. I Neither of you have watched The Sopranos, but no, uh, I and I don't know this. Like I watched Game of Thrones, which is like all violence, you know, and that's cartoonish and it kind of desensitized me. And then I watched Sopranos right after that and it immediately kind of resensitizes you because the violence is it might be less gory, but it, you see it and it is like the taking of a human life. And you can you can use visual violence to be impactful, and it is like the picking and choosing. In a way of like sensitizing, not making it so jarring or so disturbing. They could have used the noise and depicted death in that sense. You see Mm -hmm. the noise kind of fade off of a person as though like the soul or the life is coming out of the body, but. I wanted to hear, like, I don't, maybe this is corny, but, like, memories or thoughts. Like, what is a person thinking when they're literally lying on the ground? That would be so sick. You know know what you could do? You know what you could do? Going back to um, His Dark Materials was the name of their little partners, their souls. Oh, the the, uh, demons? Yeah, when they die. Like, when when you kill a character, they die, too. In in, um, His Dark Materials, like people's or souls are represented by animals that they can talk to and interact with and there are people who are like bisected from their souls 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like like they get cut off and they just like they don't die, but they're not alive. Um, and it's not violent, but you could do something like that in this movie where like the noise represents kind of like a loss of life and you can make it jarring without making it R-rated. I think that's a very good idea. I just kept waiting for like a scene where like, you know, Mads Mikkelsen shoots like a guy in the ankle or something like the guys on the ground, you know, he's like, you know, please. like And like his noise is shouting at the same time. He's like, please don't hear me. And like the camera's like by his head and it pans over to Mads Mikkelsen and the noise is really loud. Maybe we hear like his memories or whatever, like Layla was saying. And then you just see him like, you don't even see the gunshot. You just hear the bang and it's just silent. And the noise That's is true. Just, like, and I was waiting for that to happen and it never did. And I was disappointed because I was like, that would be super cool. Uh, yeah. It, they they didn't commit to anything and i mean like we all took miss elfer's class commit to something and it's gonna be better it doesn't matter what it is you make a big choice and people will pay attention they don't show the significance of viola either i keep on using the word significance like viola's just a girl and then mads mickelson is like no she can't be here she's not supposed to be here todd's like what females what they they exist (laughs) and then it's like Ben and Killian, his dad's get her out, get her out, you have to leave. And that's mm-hmm. it? Yeah, 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 true. Why I, I guess specifically why does he want her so badly? Wait, for like for real yeah. though, he got the information he needed from her, right? Yeah. I mean the thing is is that in the beginning of the book, Manshi and Todd are 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 like going through the forest and then mm-hmm. There's constant noise, but then suddenly there's this weird hole in the noise. And it's silence, but like in a very specific area. And that's Viola or Viola. I always see. So is she like, is she like a null to the noise? Yeah. Like she is, there's suddenly this dead silence and, and Todd and Mancher are like, what's that? What's that? And it, it just like stays in his mind for a long time. He goes back home and he's like, Mm -hmm. what was that? And then he notices it again and realizes it's this girl so so in the books can she like make the noise disappear for other people too or is it oh, just no, 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 no. Oh, okay 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 presence, because she has no noise and there's constant noise everywhere there's just this weird silence so again like miss helper like the that, negative space yeah uh, that's exactly. that's fascinating because especially if you think about the fact that like all these women are killed it is because there is this gap in the noise and you can it is something that can be felt exactly like that is mm. that's cool why did she just she's just there <laughs> yeah oh man i mean i think what this movie needed to do is spend more time with todd at the beginning because what it needs to do is like when i watched it i was like oh okay all the guys are weird and viola is normal what it should be is Viola is the weird one you know it's like you get used to all the noise and then somebody without noise what the fuck you know it's like what's going on here also Um, something that I think is hilarious is the way characters curse in this movie is the way that you cursed in sixth grade Kai (laughs) it's like fuck shit it feels so out of place and it's like well we can use these so we might as well and it's completely unnecessary I feel attacked that was me too. Don't worry about it. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I just I always remember that because like my dad has a story from the first time you came oh, over. Yeah. We were downstairs playing video games and he just hears you downstairs being like, fuck shit. Okay, to be honest, you taught me most of those. So oh, like you can't say much. My dude. <laughs> there was a, we had a very different dynamic in middle school. 
Um, That's true. Tom Holland does kind of feel like, like when you really think about it, he feels like a 12 year old. Like Tom does, Holland feels like, very young in this purpose. movie. Yeah. Like it feels like his, the direction his character was given. He's like, okay, you have to be really, really young. And I like, he doesn't feel 25. Like Tom Holland is 25. He was much younger when right. they were filming it. Remember they, I mean, if they announced oh. the movie in 2017, they right. were filming this probably when he was 19 ish, 1920. I think this is around the same time that he was filming like civil war homecoming. That makes there's a lot. No, more there's sense. no way it was the same time as civil war homecoming. Like, why would they, Maybe, but like maybe not. Tour is what got Tom Holland to be recognized. I mean, it's also Billy Elliot, but you know, what was yeah, Billy, Elliot? Billy Elliot? He what? did West End first. He was yeah. He was like one of the icon. big guys. Yeah, not in the movie, in the musical. What's oh? What's and then he was also in The Impossible. I don't know what that is, but I don't know what either of those I love things. How we're you just talking said about were. everything except the movie itself. That's what we do. He's so uninteresting. As, we, yeah. We, uh, we get off topic. Don't worry about it. I mean, the well, that's Mononoke a, episode. Jesus. That's um, the thing about this movie, though, is it's just. It's just. It's unremarkable. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about stuff. We've talked about concepts it represents and like why it makes certain choices and why those choices don't work. I think generally we've stayed on track. We've gotten a little bit. I don't know. The, this movie i it's, wasn't calling you guys out i'm just saying like it's funny because yeah literally is like yeah. there's nothing to work with there's nothing absolutely to talk about it's an extremely blank movie like it feels like a blank slate it yeah. feels like a first draft like it feels like you know when you do so many drafts of the same story that it renders back to like a your a first draft like that's right. kind of what it feels like it feels yeah. like this needed some serious like it we need needed, to look at this script it needed one person directing the whole vehicle i think is when whenever you're working with themes and concepts as heavy and complex as these ones you need mm-hmm. one person to direct everything and to like to keep things moving forward in one singular vision because if not things get messy um and, that, and it happens all the time it happens with like superhero movies the spider-man uh, whatever the what's his name the british two garfield british um yeah andrew garfield no not andrew garfield okay yeah um no no andrew garfield andrew garfield yeah yes yeah the both this the second one which everyone hates and the third sam raimi movie too yeah i don't know all i know this movie i say it had potential but i don't think it did because if like 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 the story has potential the books like they sound like they're very good yeah i'll read them tom holland daisy ridley they were trying to make this like the next hunger games let's be honest i'm just thinking just about the fact that like it just feels so produced like and when it comes to that that's what i mean like i'm not sure how much potential it actually had like it kind of feels doomed like this movie feels absolutely movies like these are in a way they it's a death sentence because you studios can't afford to give someone creative control but they also can't do it right if they don't give someone creative control and it's one of the biggest problems with movies right now and i fucking hate it what studio um, made this movie was it like one of the big ones like Warner guess, brothers i'll make a guess on paramount is Lionsgate a? oh Lionsgate uh is owned by someone else i believe isn't Lionsgate owned by mgm yep mgm it was mgm I okay i think Lionsgate so wait also produced the hunger games 
And oh. that makes sense. So. Yeah. Oh, oh and Twilight Furies. Wow. Oh, I haven't seen those. I don't, I don't want, want to. to. I was watching Twilight last night. Oh, my God. I ah. I don't know. They do seem like they're goofy Comfort enough to be entertaining. I would only I would only watch them if I was watching them with you, Gus. Like, I would. I, there's no other circumstances Fair. in which okay. I would watch I will them. say there's one clip that I've seen all the way through. And it's vampire baseball, and I love it. It's great. Oh, I've it's, only it's seen good. weird CGI, baby. That's all no, I know. I've seen clips of that, but there's a scene where all of the vampires are playing baseball with their vampire powers, and it's kind of great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fun. Um, everything else, I'm like, I don't care. What? Who? Edward Jacob, I don't give a fuck. Um, I don't even know who that is. Uh, those are those are the ones a werewolf, one's a vampire. Yeah. Um, you guys should make a, a critically loud episode on Twilight. I'm not kidding. On all three? Like, no. Just all f- uh, maybe do the Aren't one. Aren't there five? No, oh, there f- uh, there's five. There's yeah. five? Yeah. They, don't they break part uh, the Twilight, fourth book into two parts? Eclipse, yeah. There's four yeah. books? I thought there was Breaking three. Dawn and Breaking Dawn Part 2. Uh, yeah if we ever do a podcast on that one i'm only doing the first one i can't i i can't There's i'm sorry or what the fuck why would <laughs> no you okay Kai. no i'm not okay kai thank you for asking they made four uh i'm just <laughs> i just keep in my head that they get murdered by alucard in the helsing the bridge series that's some nerd shit don't worry about yeah, it yeah i have no idea what that is um we're running close to the end of time, so I think we should wrap oh, yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week and with uh, another movie. Thank you for uh, like listening to our bullshit, Layla. Um, <laughs> and Dude, bringing I your own perspective on this. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you um, want to like plug anything? Do you have any pluggables? <laughs> no. Hunting okay. Greens. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. You, Go listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, you might Please. recognize Layla's voice in yes. Hunting Cranes. We probably should have said yeah. that at the beginning. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, recurring guest here. Um, yeah. Yeah, this has been Chaos Walking. Don't watch the movie. It's a waste of time. I'd Maybe give it like books. a... I'm going to read them the books. I'd give it like a th- the movie three out of ten. Yeah, two. three out I'm of ten. A solid two. Layla, what do you got? Ten. This is the worst movie I've ever watched. And I've watched, oh. and I've watched Twilight. Good for you. Good for you that this is the worst movie you've ever watched. It's probably worse with the context of the book. I'm True. betting. That's one of those yeah. things. It's like fucking Hellboy 2019. Okay, we get it. You're are you good? No, yeah, you, I don't care if you get it. I'll fucking rage on that movie any day of the week. That a lot of us have been waiting for this movie to come out for four years now. Mm-hmm. It's it's disappointing. I you have when I saw that trailer. Like literally, oh, Gus and I would talk about this. Yeah, this like, a couple of years ago. I, I I'm so excited for Chaos Walking, Gus. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it so much. I'm gonna love it. I'm so excited. Tom Holland's gonna be in it. But I, Gus knew. Yeah, you had the like, foresight. What? I don't know. I at the time I was just like, why a novel bad? But I think now it'd be like, I they can't make it work. Um, I was gonna say I thought you talked about it back when. Maybe no. Back when like we sat, you sat in front of me and 
English class in seventh grade, but I don't think it was that long ago. I don't think it was that long ago. No. No, English class would have been in seventh grade was seventh grade was 2016. It was 2017 at the end of the year. Was it? 2016 I think I read Chaos Walking in, in 2018, eighth grade. Oh. End of eighth grade. Okay, that was eighth grade. Okay. God, it's been that long. And then we're gonna be Yeah, it's here. fucking I'm wild. Still talking about this fucking book. Like yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ. Yeah, also like one of those years though kind of just doesn't exist because of pandemic. That's true, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel the same. It's just a blur, you know? It's like you know how like they talk about in Infinity War, the snap, and then like, you know, it just everything's yeah. a blur for five years. It's it's not even like a blip. I think I think a lot of it is just we're gonna come out on the other side and so many like relationships and like things have changed, but the process of that change just doesn't exist in my mind. Um yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Little Schemers. Is this just the name of our channel? Yes, I believe it is. Holy okay, shit. it's We're probably that. This. It, it's probably Little Schemers. Uh, I think Twitter is the same thing. I don't. I haven't checked in on our Twitter in a while. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Little Schemers. Just Little Schemers. Okay, cool. Yeah, follow at us little there. Little Schemers, no space. Yeah, follow us there. We announce the movies we're going to do sometimes if we feel like yeah. it. Um, and also subscribe if you want to see more stuff. Yeah. Um, Gus is coming home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be back the third. third? August third. Yeah. Wait, are you guys gonna do this in person then? Like, I, I maybe. Yeah. Let's figure that out. Actually, that might. Yeah, be we'll idea. figure that out at some point. And just like, <laughs> you know, everybody's just sitting like this and discussing. Oh uh, yeah. We all have like a Mountain Dew, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I want to pour a Mountain Dew into a martini glass. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get started? Uh, yeah, that would be great. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll have another episode out next week. And um, this has been Critically Loud. Uh, go read the book because it's probably better. I might do it too. <laughs>